0: This episode of the A-List podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag and Indeed.com Welcome into another week of the A-List podcast I'm Quanee Luna's, joined as always by H.R. Blakely and Gary Washburn whose mom just celebrated her 75th birthday So happy birthday to Mama Washburn Look at how made it. Now Gary never smiles, but you saw
1: when Look you said him. Mama yeah, said a Kool-Aid mm-hmm. grin
2: yeah, that's right. That's right. So I'm glad she's still, you know, obviously it's a blessing to have my mom reached seventy five. So yeah, we celebrated with her. But yeah, it's uh, thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, I'm sure I'll pass along to her so she enjoyed it. So yeah, we uh we had a we had a good time. We celebrated with her this weekend in Los Angeles. What
1: kind of cake yeah. you had, Gary? Because the cake
2: looked good.
0: Yeah, what kind of a cake? Strawberry
2: look- short. It was like a strawberry shortcake. But yeah, and you ain't good. bring me
1: a slice.
0: Damn. Come on hey, now. No,
2: no, Didn't bring you, you know, nothing. if his, if
0: his you mom know. had known, she would have sent us a slice of cake. She, she would have put, put it in a little Tupperware box. A nice little box. Exactly. She would
2: have done that. But, It'd be your but own she podcast. Don't, co- she don't like you. <laughs> no, Dang. No, I'll be. I'll, have to, so she likes Charon. She likes Charon. So though no. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry I didn't, bring, I didn't bring it cross country on my flight. A piece of cake. It's okay. Yeah, you would have been fault.
0: sitting with the little seatbelt. just yeah. holding it
1: <laughs> But you know, if you did that, I would have eaten it, right? You know that, right?
2: No, I know you would have.
1: I would have. In fact, the I would have saved it for this episode and be like, you know what, oh, Gary yeah. did for me. This is this is true friendship. Brought me a piece of cake from his mama birthday yeah. party from coast to coast. Mm-hmm. But I can't do that because you didn't do that. So
2: big yikes. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, my fault, man. Next time. Next, there time. we go. That sounds like a plan.
1: Next we got time. more big things to talk about, right, Kwani?
0: Yeah, over the weekend we'll start with a more recent event.
1: Damn, Shirai
2: you want some water, bro? You thirsty? thirsty you stay I'm hydrated? Thirsty. I'm like thirsty. Show. I'm like the get end get of roasted. the Celtics bench, man. I'm thirsty. Oh, he I'm thirsty. old school glasses of water. Like. He's getting roasted <laughs> for being hydrated, <laughs> but that is a big glass of water. <laughs> There's a big, a big old school glass of water. Right. <laughs> that's how you get your of Right. I had to have a big glass of water when I
1: went back to the well and scooped it up. <laughs> I- <laughs>
0: Y'all yeah, need help. Both of you need help. Okay, let's, let's keep moving, please. Doesn't know did. about well water? Is that like. We know, we understand, but that's yeah, just that's why so it's true. funny. Because you're young people. Yes, we so actually get our water from the tap now. I don't know if you realize, it's pretty convenient. But this weekend on Saturday, Marcus Smart had a Young Game Changers launch event for his brand. He has a clothing line that he it's basically his brand, but it's supposed to be despite color or gender, really just like a big message of promoting inclusivity. Bobby Manning was there as well. I went just to kind of just be there. Bobby Manning actually did some work and got an interview and was able to catch up with Marcus Smart. What was, Shirada, are you were probably a little more versed in the interview itself. So what was your biggest takeaway well, from the that? The biggest thing
1: team? was that Marcus indicated that his health isn't quite at 100% uh, and that he's, you know, he's close, but he's not quite there yet. And and that's something that, you know, when you look at this Celtics team, you look at them going into camp, ideally you want everybody at 100%. But when you think about no Danilo Gallinari, Marcus mm-hmm. is going to be less than 100%. And, you know, Jason Tatum, I'm assuming is going to be, you know, fairly close to 100%. But again, with the revelation that he had about, you know, his wrist during the playoffs and things like that, we're not really 100% sure that he's going to be uh, at or close to 100%. Uh, there, there's a lot of question marks that the Celtics are certainly going to look to address early on in training camp. And Marcus Smart's, you know, that ankle is is one of them. But the, the thing that I keep coming back to with this team is this we're going to talk about how they, they progress throughout the season, all season long, obviously. But at the end of the day, what are you going to get done in April and May? Are you going to have this, the, the staying power to be there when it absolutely matters? But but again, you can't get too caught up in that because there's a hell of a lot of games you got to play before you get there. And if you take your eye off of those, next thing you know, you find yourself, you know, fighting just to get out of the first round of the playoffs when you should have taken the regular season a little more. Serious. They saw they got lucky last year. And, and from a standpoint of their early struggles, didn't decimate them to the point where it cost them at the very end, but you don't want to have to work as hard as they had to at the start of the season, just to get back into the thick of things. So uh, we'll see.
0: That being said, you mentioned Gallinari formally, it it came out after last week's episode. So I'm sure at this point, most Celtics fans know that it was worse than expected. And he did suffer that ACL tear in his left, Knee, which means he's actually going to be out longer than expected. And as Gary actually hinted at in that last episode, Carmelo Anthony is a person that the Celtics could consider. Carmelo, Mello, (laughs) Syracuse, yes, unfortunately. But (laughs) with that being said, Gary, you have said the reports are gaining traction simply because he is, you know, still available to play and could potentially fill in the Celtics roster. So, what have you either heard or? What more insight do you have since last week? Please talk to
1: us, Wash and No.
2: <laughs> okay, so I, I think it's something that they're considering. There is no rush, but the, the, the fact is there is kind of a rush because Carmelo is going to be more marketable. as like the season, the off-season's about to end. We got, what, three weeks before the beginning of training camp? Um, and the Sixers just signed Montrezl Harrell. Uh, my man Montrizzle, I always call him Montrizzle. montreal uh, Montrell Herald, uh to a two-year deal after he got off his weed charge, his, you know, his weed got to... The felony that is. Yeah, yeah, he was doing this Cheech and Chong thing, look that up, Kwani. Yeah, you have no idea what that is. I got it, I got you. Yeah, he was doing his, he was, he was doing his Snoop Dogg up in smoke <laughs> tour, and, um... Shavat so has so much
0: water in that
2: cup. I can't get yeah, over like it. How, many, how, how big is that? It's like a forty-five <laughs> ounce glass. It's a forty, anyway. Gary. It's a different kind of forty. It's a forty. <laughs> oh God, the, when this podcast couldn't descend any lower. Anyway, uh, so to me, uh, there is <laughs> there is a sense of urgency. Now, you know. Adam Hill's watching the globe reporter from my colleague reported that they're okay with like running out Sam Hauser, and they don't, you know, like I sort of expect Brad to say that, but I think they're going to add another player before training camp begins. Um, I just, do you trust like, do you trust Sam Hauser in that role where he really didn't have much of a chance last year? Oh, let's throw Sam into that. I mean, I think you can give him increased minutes, I think you can give him an increased role, but to say, Oh, he can replace Danilo Gallinari or feel that I think that they need another body. I mm. think that, um, if Carmelo's on board with being a player who can play 10, 15 minutes a game, sometimes 20, he played 26 last year in LA. I don't know if he'll get that many depending on his performance, but I think it's something they should highly consider. And they need another veteran in the locker room. So I think it's something they're thinking about. But obviously, Brad's not going to lend his hand, you know, show his hand right now. But I think the the time is getting close because you've got three weeks for camp.
1: Well, Gary, along those same lines, the one thing just in people I've spoken to about Carmelo uh, the last week or so, the, the, the thing that jumps out that everyone I've spoken to says is that there's nothing left for him to do at this level other than win a championship and be part of a championship caliber team. And he's going to do whatever he thinks makes him that much closer to being part of a championship team. And, and someone I spoke with, they they emphasize the word part because in the past, Carmelo thought he could be that guy that he could put the team on his back. Like he did his, his only semester, excuse me, year at Syracuse and lead them to a national championship.
2: His only class. <laughs>
1: Stop. Stop
2: the blast, Three credits. What Would you take a Carmelo uh, basketball? <laughs> Communication. Uh, intro intro to basketball.
1: Carmelo Anthony was a student athlete for one year at Syracuse University. That's going to be my story, and I'm not... And what was his major? <laughs> he was majoring whatever his major was. He was majoring <laughs> it though. He it was, was his, in a major job.
2: His major was the NSA well, Tournament.
1: The, as I was saying, B.C. Pigeon and, and, and Cal Cubby, as I was saying, his focus is being part of the championship puzzle and not necessarily the centerpiece. And that's why I, I think really it's a, it's on Brad. I don't think it's a issue of Carmelo whether he wants to come to Boston or not. I think it's on Brad to offer him a contract. And it has to be the right kind of contract. It doesn't have to be like a two-year 22 million or anything like that it just has to be a contract with guaranteed money I don't think Carmelo is coming here and on a 10 day I don't see because frankly he can get a guaranteed contract on a lot of teams I think as he is right now but if he wants to be part of a championship caliber team I think Boston is probably the best option that he's going to have at his disposal but again it's going to be on Brad to
0: pull the trigger on that and, and make it happen that being said I have a question for the two of you because you have all this media experience. When it comes to storylines that go through the media circuit, and you know how Boston is, once one person says something, they're running with it, they're talking about it ad nauseum every single day. And specifically, this Carmelo Anthony conversation, once it hit the news circuits, everyone's been talking about it for the last two weeks. So, with that being said, how much of an influence do you think the media has, specifically in Boston, when it comes to the way people are perceived based on the way that they're talked about here?
1: It has a role, but ultimately the thing that I've I've found just in my time here in Boston is that if you can ball out, if the team's winning, people are going to be cool with you. If you don't do those things and you're expected to, they're going to have an issue. Carmelo at this point in his career, no one is expecting him to come into Boston and be like 20 and 10, 20 and Mm -hmm. 7 Carmelo. Just like when Shaquille O'Neal came to Boston, no one expected him to be MVP Shaquille. Uh, And and I think because of that, it wouldn't be I don't think he would have an issue with meeting expectations, because I think the expectations are going to be realistic with him. Uh, and when you look at the guys that he's playing around, when you have a guy like Jason Tatum, you got a guy like Jalen Brown, you got an Al Horford, you got a Robert Williams, the third, you got Marcus, Smart, you got all the Malcolm Brogdon, you got all these guys who are on the rise in terms of their ability to score the ball, their ability to be impact players offensively. If you're Carmelo, you're not going to get as many opportunities, but damn, you're going to get the kind of looks that you were hoping you'd get, you know, when you were leading leading the Knicks and then you and they added a piece or two so I don't think the expectation uh issue is going to be that with Carmelo if he came to Boston I think the biggest thing for him is just whether he's going to be physically ready to contribute and it can do it on a more consistent basis knowing that he's going to get fewer opportunities to impact the game because he'll be playing less minutes and obviously get fewer shots
2: well I think uh Carmelo's just still at this point in his career, a polarizing figure. There's a con- still controversial figure. And, and it's not, you know, con- Carmelo's never really been. because
1: he got an MVP vote on a year when he shouldn't have got an MVP vote. I don't know who the hell gave him that damn vote.
2: I guarantee. You <laughs> Yikes. Damn, Kwani, are you, tr- are you serious right now? I there? forgot about that. I actually oh, did. Yeah. God. yeah did I'm, you, I'm, did okay. you just play right into Sherrod's whack ass? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Oh, my God, Kwani. Sorry, you I'm Gary, that. that was a spot of
1: three. Kwani, she just ran to the corner, no, I threw the ball, it? and she just caught and raced.
2: Kwani, oh, my Sorry. goodness. That's my teammate
1: right there. My
2: the, team. New Jer- the New Jersey Public the Jersey came out of system. us. <laughs> Jersey Public School Education System needs an upgrade. I went to Catholic school, get it correct. Oh, okay,
0: my fault. I did public school even in Jersey worse. for one a semester. Anyway, I actually had the best of both worlds, but continue.
2: I think I think Carmelo is a, you know, my 2013 MVP. Carmelo is a controversial, still a controversial polarizing figure, although he's not really been involved in much controversy. I mean, mm-hmm. he's been tabbed as a selfish, me-first player in his career. I mean, it didn't work yeah, out didn't, for him yeah. in New York. You know, he mm-hmm. asked out of Denver. And then, you know, things happened to him in Oklahoma City. I think the worst thing that happened or he said was, we you know, when they asked him in Oklahoma City whether he'd come off the bench, and he was like, yeah, whatever, yeah, you <laughs> quit playing, you know, when they asked him about a, a bench role, and then it ended up that that, that was kind of where he was descending. And I think now, but that's like five years ago. Now I think he's been a positive influence. He he had two good productive years, or three in Portland, I think two years, good good years in Portland where he, you know, Reestablished himself, reestablished his brand. The Lakers, he caused no troubles there. He played on a team that just had a lot of chaos around him. So I think this whole, I think he brings to Boston and the Boston fans, oh, Nick's Carmelo, like a selfish player who's going to come in and be like, nah, Jason, I need to keep taking more shots, bro. Like, and I just don't think that that's accurate, nearly accurate. The man is thirty-eight years old. Like he is not going to be up there trying to act like he's twenty-five. This is not two thousand and seven or something mm-hmm. like that, mellow. Like or two thousand thirteen. Yeah, or, or or his best year of his career, two thousand thirteen, where he was the MVP of the league. So anyway, period, um, period <laughs> with a <laughs> T at the end. Okay, Gary. Uh, <laughs> Gary's hip. <laughs> yeah, with with period. So. I think that just he's a polarizing figure. He's the most, you know, probably interesting name at, still out there in the free agent. I mean, you could say Dwight Howard, but Dwight Howard would cause the same stir and so would DeMarcus Cousins. But I think Carmelo is someone that I think, and I honestly think Celtics fans are intrigued with. He's an intriguing player because yeah. you don't seen him in, you know, th- hit two, three, four, five threes in a row uh, roll up the points, hit, you know, score 30-something in a game occasionally. Not not, not all the time, you know. Like, he's capable. he scored 20 or more points, I think 11 games of his 69 games last year. Like, he put up 20 or more. So he's still capable of that, and I think that's what's alluring about him, that dude who, who you know, because, I mean, I've talked to coaches over the years who are just marvel at Carmelo's skills. The fact that he's 6'9", He is not 6'4", 6'5". He is literally 6'9". He's just a big shooting guard, a big guy who could post you up, use his size, and now he's expanding his range to the three. So he's still a very, you know, intriguing player, even at age 38. Now, how much does he have left? But I don't think it's a question of oh he'd be a bad locker room guy or he'd be going to he'd be going to email like, oh man, I need I need my 20 shots, man. What's up with this? Like, come on. Like, yeah, he's 38. Like, no, he's trying to to like a lot of guys in his generation, that class of 03, he's trying to stay in the league. All his contemporaries except LeBron, Wade gone, Bosch gone, all them dudes gone, except Bron. Arco gone. Huh? Darko Milicic, Darko, gone. go, Darko, after that amazing career, Darko put up, gone. You know, Chris Kamen, gone. You know, I mean, um Kurt Heinrich, gone. Kurt Heinrich, uh, that's my guy. You know, it's like that. It, it's like the episode, it's like the movie Life when dudes just start disappearing, you know, um, when all of them died in the prison. I mean, it's like Mello is just trying to hang around. Right. I think he's like you said, Sharad, he's just trying to win a chip. He wants to go out yeah. as a winner. Yeah. He, he amazingly, I mean, uh, I mean he should get a he should get a lifetime achievement award for beating whack ass Syracuse to a championship. Oh, I mean that easy, easy. I mean, my goodness. I mean, I couldn't even name none of them dudes that, who played. Who who else was on that team? Easy, easy. Just it hey, let's not check. Jason
1: Kidd. How many chips Jason Kidd get at it was Carmelo? Oh.
2: The, it was Carmelo and okay. the Miracles. I mean, I mean, I couldn't name another except Jerry McNamara, who was in his seventh year then. But I couldn't um, name anybody off that Syracuse team besides Mellow, Hakeem so, Warwick. Hakeem Warrick, who, I, Warwick. What's, what's who up? I thought would First be a pick. great pro. Like I was all in on Hakeem Warwick stock when he. <laughs> I mean, I was so I was so in on. I, I was so Was he your MVP too? Gary yeah. be all in on Syracuse. <laughs> I was so, I was so, I was so in on uh, Hakeem Ward. Uh, you know, viewers, tell me what you all thought. Didn't y'all think it Hakeem Ward was going to be a nice year the comments? Didn't y'all think Hakeem would be a like, nice seven, throw? Eight years in a week. I was so, I was so disappointed. Anyway, um he's he just needs to win a championship, NBA championship. I think he wants to go out a winner. This is his best chance. So we'll see what the. I think it's in this. I think this. I think. Carmelo's side is interested. It's all about what the Celtics do. That's what I know. You know, Carmelo would be interested. It's all about what Brad and the brass want to do in that situation.
0: And as with any small business, any business really doesn't even have to just be small, but every single hire that you make for your business counts. And no hiring partner understands that like Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. So instead of spending hours on multiple job sites trying to find who's best for the job and has the right skill set, you can all do all of that right there on Indeed. You can find the top talent with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like the Indeed instant match, assessments, and virtual interviews. If you hate waiting, Indeed US data shows that over 80% of Indeed employers actually find quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed matches the job description that they post the moment they sponsor a job. And the thing that we love on the A-List podcast about Indeed is the fact that they do have this instant match, which again, just makes it so much easier for you to hire. Indeed knows that when you're doing everything for your company, you can't afford to overspend on hiring. So we're here on the A-List podcast. We're helping you out a little bit as well. All you have to do is visit indeed.com slash A-List to start. Go to indeed.com slash A-List. Terms and conditions apply, cost per application pricing. Is not available for everyone. You need to hire. You need Indeed. Let's go around the association for a second because, as we know, everything that happens, for the most part, in the league somehow will affect the Boston Celtics. And the biggest one is Donovan Mitchell getting traded to Cleveland. News break. What was your two reaction to hearing that Trader Danny was at it again but now in Utah?
1: Love it. (laughs) Love it. I mean, really? I, I mean, well, here's the thing from, from Utah's perspective, if you're going to start over, you might as well start over if you're going to scorch the earth and get as many lottery tickets as you can. And that's what they're doing. This is Danny Ainge circa 2000. What, what is it? 13 uh, Celtics when he mm-hmm. made all those deals okay. with, you know, Brooklyn and getting their picks, getting flips and swaps, and just, just basically fleecing them. Uh, the men got would... eight
0: people for one person, essentially, Danny, this time. Yeah.
1: And the, the difference now, though, is that, you know, Brooklyn, they were getting basically players who were past their prime, who they were hoping has mm-hmm. a little bit of fuel left in the tank. Donovan Mitchell hasn't even hit his prime yet. And you look at the pieces that Brooklyn or that that Cleveland has around Donovan Mitchell, they're going to be good. I mean, they, they gave a lot of teams fits, you know, this past year, but they're going to be really good. And I would not be surprised if you're watching Cleveland this year and you're looking at them and thinking like, damn, defensively, they look a lot like the Celtics. And I'm going to tell you why, because they have a player, Donovan Mitchell, who is a dynamic scorer, but defensively, ugh, ugh, not good not good. So don't be surprised to see them have, you know, used their big similar to how Boston uses Robert Williams in that free safety range, not only to help the defense be strong, but basically basically to protect Donovan from getting torched at that end of the floor. And when you look at what I think offensively, they're they're going to have their, their challenges at, at that end of the floor. But if your foundation is defensively and you add a guy like Donovan Mitchell who's going to significantly bolster what you can do offensively, they're a team that I could easily see playing their way into a top-four seeding in the East this year. I could absolutely see that.
2: I think it was a, a great move for the Cleveland Cavaliers because they're just trying to get back. You know, like, when LeBron left after, um you know, after 2018 or whatever... Uh, I went to the, I went to the Lakers. Um, they were, ne- they've, they've, they've struggled. They went back to, to the, to the depths of just kind of despair in terms of an NBA team and lottery picks. And they, you know, made some good decisions in terms of getting Darius Garland to be a, a you know, Evan Mobley. And they traded for Jared Allen. They've made good acquisitions. They put together a nice young team, uh, Jamie Bickerstaff to, to, I think a lot of surprises has, has become a very, very good coach after some struggles and some previous stops. He has kept that job and 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 led them in the right direction and they need star power and, and free agents are not going to sign in Cleveland. I mean, this is not because they're not going to play with LeBron. Right. So they're not the, the, the big time players are not going to go and take Cleveland's max money. Um but now it's becomes a more attractive place. Now you've got Donovan Mitchell with multiple years in this deal. You got Evan Mobley. You got Darius Garland. You got Jared Allen. You got a good base of foundation. Now you did trade Colin Sexton, who really didn't have a future in Cleveland. Laurie Marketing, who's kind of often injured. The the kid from Kansas, who was their first round pick. You know they gave up some stuff and some three first round uh, picks and then two pick swaps. So Danny and Justin Zanuck, Because I always want to make this clear, like. Danny, everybody's thinking Danny is like all in on running the show and, and like Danny's putting in a voice, but I don't think Danny is like Danny in Boston. I think Justin Zanuck is kind of GM there. Danny is not just like, you know, he ain't the Suge Knight. He ain't Suge Knight in Utah. He ain't running it like Death Row Records. He is not taking full control and, and just telling everybody to get the step back, let old DA run thing and I'm a, I'm going to get us back. No, I think he has a voice. I think he is definitely on board with rebuilding and I think anyone who saw that Utah underachieve with with Gobert and Mitchell thought, "Okay, it's time to get both these dudes up out of here. They're not getting along. They're not winning. They lost that first round series to Dallas with Luca was playing on one leg." So, I think everybody agreed in Utah it was time for them to rebuild. And I think it's a great way for them to rebuild with good young players. Sexton now becomes kind of their centerpiece. They still got Jordan Clarkson and they can still make some trades because they still got Mike Conley there and, and, and stuff. And, and, but they got Jared Vanderbilt. They got a good young Malik Bees, the good young players who can just play hard under a new coach and Will Hardy, figure it out. But I think for Cleveland, it's it's a deal that, that you sort of have to make if you want to be in the upper echelon of the Eastern Conference. They got a good... Now, are they a little too young? Probably, right? You know, you got Garland's 23, Mobley's entering second year. Jared Allen has to prove he can be more consistent out there and stay healthy. Like, they, but they have the potential. So I think it was a good trade for Cleveland that this has put them in the top four. Uh, We'll see, because now Philadelphia got stronger with my man Montrizzle, and um, you got Milwaukee in, in Boston, and then you got see to see how Miami looks. But you definitely We're have... about Brooklyn. Yeah, and yeah. And, and, and <laughs> they, re, they reunited, and they feel so good. talked about Brooklyn. And talk so about Brooklyn. And, um, <laughs> but I do think Cleveland gave itself a chance, and they have a dynamic two-guard now, so the backcourt, it's a small backcourt, but you got big... Big men, you know, to, to to make up for that and Mobley and, and Jared Allen. So I think Cleveland's on, a, on its way up. I don't think it's a five, you know, each going to make East Coast finals, but it's a team that nobody's going, when they get their stuff together defensively and they figure out how to, because I think to be honest with you with Donovan Mitchell's defense, I think he can defend. He just don't want to. It's not like he doesn't have the skills to be be a good defender. It's not like, well, you you a step slow, no. Well, it's technique and it's want to. So I think J.B. Bickerstaff, who has defensive mindset, will turn Donovan Mitchell into a better defender, because I think in that system you've got to defend, and I don't think, and I, even even the dudes who who are the most prolific scores that give me the ball, I'm a, I'm a carry us don't want to be embarrassed on defense and don't want to be the guy who's the weak link on defense on, on when they get to a defensive team. That was a thing that what made Kevin Garnett such a leader in Boston was dudes who came to Boston who generally weren't defenders became defenders because they didn't want to let Kevin down and they didn't want to let Doc down and Perk. And them dudes were like, oh, man, you can't get on the court if you're not going to at least try to defend. Now, they did not want
1: those guys to get in their ass. That's yeah, what they you
2: were afraid of. That's wanna, what that was about. And I think the Cavaliers say, "Listen, you want to be on the floor. You want to. We want to. We want to have a grind, defensive, tough mindset, just like the city of Cleveland. You got to play some D, Donovan. You can't just sit there and do ole ole. You know what? that Matador no, shit. Ain't, <laughs> that Matador shit ain't working. You put got that to, easy pass away when you play defense. Yeah, you got to stand and stand in front of your defender and improve. And and there has been guys." And I just say, you look at Mitchell and it's not like he can't, doesn't have the skills to defend. It's all technique and work, right? It's not like he's only not playing defense because he's been allowed not to play defense in this situation in Cleveland. I think he becomes a better player.
1: Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll buy that. I'll buy that. Cause it, there's as, as Gary pointed out, I mean, it's not about athleticism or ability or lateral quickness or any of those things. It's about one. Uh, and what happens with a lot of guys like Donovan Mitchell is they get by because they're so exceptional at scoring the ball that people just kind of look past what they do defensively and just kind of take on the mindset that well you know he's such a great scorer we'll just kind of let that defensive uh, shortcomings you know we'll just let that slide. But if you're trying to win a championship or help make a deep playoff run, you can't. Your best player can't be that guy. Uh, that's why. You know, you look at guys like Kyrie Irving. I mean, Kyrie, say what you want, but his effort in Brooklyn defensively, way different than what we saw in Boston on a way greater level. Because, uh, you know, he understands and, and guys with that ability understand you have to make an impact at both ends of the floor. And if that impact is great at one end and ghastly at the other, that's a problem. Uh, and you will get called out. You will get singled out. Uh, people will point out the ole, ole defense that you bring to the game. They'll point out that easy pass that you be giving everybody when you defending them. <laughs> um, too many easy passes are, are being given out, frankly, uh, by great players. Uh, Kevin Durant, Durant had that knock against him. And you see the last, I'd say, three or four years, he's a different kind of dude defensively. Uh, he can definitely make his presence felt. And I do think Donovan will have the opportunity to do that. I'm not convinced that he's going to buy into it uh, as well as I think Cleveland is going to need him to because he's got some pretty damn good backline defenders behind him. And uh, again, I-, I don't know if he's going to subconsciously take on the same mindset that he had when he played with Rudy because uh, he knew if he got beat in Utah, I got the best, the in the back. And now, you know, when you look at Jared Allen, you look at Mobley, he's got two guys who have the potential to clean up a lot of his mess, so I'm not sold that he's gonna gonna get get it as far as what he needs to do to get better and lead that team defensively.
0: Switching teams, Gary already alluded to it, but Montrezl Harrell signing a reportedly a two-year, five-point-two million dollar deal with the Sixers. Now he gets to reunite with James Harden and Doc Rivers. How does him being on that team affect the affect the Celtics,
2: Montrezl, if at all?
0: Yes,
1: your boy Gary. Go ahead. Talk about your boy Montrizzle.
2: <laughs> I just think with him and um and oh, Jay. J uh hey. What's the dude from Miami Heat? Oh man, it out again. Uh Which guy? This is not
1: Fiondi. We're not talking about Fiondi <laughs> no, this year. No, uh, we,
2: about, we not third about episode hungry. in a row. <laughs> no, not talking about him. Uh JR, oh gosh. Um uh he played for Miami the what tough you guy. Huh? You talking <laughs> about
1: P.J.? You talking about P.J.? Uh, P.J.
2: Tucker? P.J. Tucker. P- Sorry, P.J. Uh, Tucker. Okay. okay. Him and P.J. Tucker gave the, the Sixers real, real toughness. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Montrezl, Montrezl is going to make a huge <laughs> difference. Like, that's his name now. The rim, but he's also a liability defensively. But I mm-hmm. just think think they add another tough player. And and I just think they need to add to that. Yeah, you know, you uh, Big, another guy to have Harden's back. Another guy to defend if he can't if he wants to defend. Another guy to score at the rim. Another guy to give up get, pump up the crowd. You know, so I think that this adds. You know, he's a, he's a solid player. He's bounced around. You know, he's got his limitations, but I think he's going to help the Sixers in in a, in a more in a, obviously a backup center, backup power for a role.
0: Well, shout out to Harden for being gracious enough to. Give up some salary so he can get oh, all yeah. the oh, though, all right? Yeah. Man yeah. of the, the year,
2: <laughs> the Pope,
0: For the Medal
1: of Freedom, mm-hmm. uh, Mandela, Mandela, Mandela.
2: Mandela. Mandela. <laughs>
1: all the <his> sacrifices <laughs> he
2: made to.
1: Give That's what one great ones do, Gary. You know that they they give, they they give, and they keep giving.
0: Signing yeah. a two
2: year, sixty eight million dollar deal with a player option for a second year. Yeah,
0: which Harrell also has a player option in twenty twenty three.
2: Mandela. Yeah,
0: let's give. You're looking out for his people. <laughs> yes. Sharad, your thoughts?
1: It's God. a good pickup for the Sixers. I mean, just on a simple, you know, cookies on a bottom shelf basis, they added more talent. Uh, He's a guy that we know can make an impact in this league. Uh, But as Gary pointed out, his defense does leave a lot to be desired. And I'm not so much worried about him fitting in because I think he'll fit in well. But I do worry about what happens when you get to the postseason and you get to those those down to the wire games. Is he going to be comfortable coming? Is he going to be comfortable sitting on the sideline because Doc Rivers don't trust him to defend uh, is he going to chirp about that when we get to the playoffs? If he has a game where he's like seven of nine and he's got like 17 points, but they need stops and they decide to go with Tobias Harris playing him instead of, of, of Harold, even though he may have a better game, how is he going to handle that stuff? Uh, I'm not sold on him being at that point in his career where it's about winning. I think it's about for him. I think it's still a little bit of winning on his terms, uh, which I think, was a problem in some of the other places he's been. You know, he had no problem doing what he does as long as he gets to do what he does and you don't tell him what he should and need to do. Uh, I'm not sold on my Trizzle? Isn't
2: that how you are, though? No. Yes, you are. No. (laughs) Gawani, hang (laughs) (laughs) will do what he do as long as you let him do what he do.
1: No. (laughs) That's everybody. No, that's, that's, that's not true. Said that's that. not true. There, the thing about my Mon- thing about your boy Montrell is that I don't think he's at a point where he's willing to make, he sacrificed elements of his game for the betterment of the team. Like for example, he needs to become a better defender so that the team yeah. can be better. I don't think he's willing to put in the work and make that something that he focuses on getting better at. That's what I mean by he's still all about doing what he does. Uh, that's, that's who he is. Uh and I don't think he's I don't think he's mature enough to be candid with you to make that change. And I think it's going to be more of an issue come playoff time than regular season. And that to me is is a problem for Philly because Doc Rivers I mean you know we we can talk about this another day in time, but this is a big year for Doc. Uh I'm not sure Doc Rivers is going to be doing what Doc Rivers is doing right now in Philly if the second round rolls around and Philly ain't there. Uh I'm not even sure Doc will be doing what he's doing if the conference finals rolls around and Philly's not there. This is a big year, and Montreal, I think, can certainly help them in a regular season. Playoffs, I'm not sold on, though.
0: Now, this is obviously a basketball podcast, but anyone that's listening most likely knows that in New England, football is king, and of course, football is back, and BetOnline is your number one source for all your football betting needs and sports info this season. You can find out all the latest football odds, news, and game matchups, including this year's opening week games. BetOnline is your continued source for all your wagering information, including live betting, free contests, and live scores. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, you name it, it's probably there. So all you have to do is head to betonline.ag. You can join and receive your 100%, yes, you heard that right, 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use that promo code clns 50 to get that reward once again it's clns 50 and you'll get a hundred percent welcome bonus bet online where the game starts before we close out let's play a game of fact or fiction because we have this new podcast episode that came out where jr smith was the guest on this set i have to figure out the name of the podcast i'll get to that i'll give them their credit but basically the gist of it is he's on the podcast gets interviewed and he claims that him, Jamal Crawford, and Isaiah Thomas, and Joe Johnson were a black ball from the NBA. The, uh, the podcast is is Pierce, Sim- Pierce Simpson. And he basically says, if you can look down any bench right now, figure out a name on that roster, we could take the Celtics, pick a guy. Is that person better than J.R. Smith, Isaiah Thomas, Joe Johnson, et cetera? From your two perspective, do you think this is true? Are those players being blackballed by the NBA? We say that it's the best players in the league, but is that accurate?
2: Well,
1: here's the thing. Let's just, let's just look at, first of all, it's fiction. Um, okay. They're not being blackballed. Okay. Jared Smith, right now, your your handicap is probably better than your three-point shot right now. Um, That's, yeah. So, and you're 36
0: and years grades. old. And he's great. And he's in school. He's getting his
1: degree. Much respect for doing that. Yeah. I think that's great. I think more players should do that, frankly, when they're done playing. But, see, that's just it. You're kind of done playing. You're 36 years old. Jamal Crawford, who is one of my favorite players uh, to watch. I mean, I would literally pay to watch him play right now he's that good. You're 42. Joe Johnson. We, we saw ISO Joe for a hot minute. He's yeah. 41. And the young buck is I a keep- young spry Isaiah Thomas who's 33. Players in those age brackets don't live in the NBA. Uh it's hard for if if we're talking about a 28-year-old JR Smith and a 30 31-year-old Jamal, if we're talking 5 10 years ago and those guys weren't in the league, then yeah, you might have a case there. You might have a case there. But they are well past their prime. And of that group, the only one that I think frankly should be in the NBA is Isaiah Thomas. I still think he's good enough to where he can help a team today win games. I don't think J.R. Smith is good enough, and Jamal Crawford, bless your heart, bless the crossover. You ain't that dude no more, and that's and that's uh, again. It hurts me to say that because I love his game so much, but that's just the reality of it. And Iso Joe, yeah, if we're playing half court and it's just like you know the big three tournament, we're playing half court. Iso Joe is your man. He can get it done. Uh, I know Gary Washburn and and I, and I to a certain extent. were really hoping the Celtics would would have kept Joe Johnson around a little bit longer. But the idea of keeping Joe Johnson around for the entire season and 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 having him play some type of significant role, no, nah. because they're probably going to be the fifteenth man. And last I checked, most teams they look at that spot as some a position to develop. Yeah. And you ain't developing a no forty-one year old man. He a grown ass man. He he's developed. <laughs> Exclamation. Exclamation! Exclamation! You ain't developing him,
0: so. So you got Gary falling asleep on your answer.
2: I did not fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> anyway,
1: he's pontificating. He's thinking about Ooh. that 2013 vote for Mello, Ooh. and what the hell was he thinking? That's what he oh, was. It I was worth I it? How great to vote
2: that? Well, thank you. I think
0: that should all. be your first question when he if he signs with the Celtics. Oh yeah, we'll talk. You about know it. I voted.
1: You I'm know thinking. I voted for you. I, I want to be there. God.
2: <laughs> Give me all the scoops. Shirai gonna show up in his Syracuse sweater on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's you foo. It's gonna be it's the you. battle of the two of y'all. It's, it's really you, funny. foo! It's you! Oh three foo! Yeah. I was there, bro. Yeah, I was there. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing up all kinds of signs. Oh, orange. <laughs> Seed walking. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Seed walking. <laughs> this is gonna be fun. Now I want team <laughs> Anyway, I think there's different situations for all four players. I think it's a very easy narrative for Jr. JR to group himself with Jamal Crawford or – but Jr. I mean, Jr. How do I put this about Jr.? He said, let me say this right. Speak
1: that truth, Gary. Tell the truth, Gary. No. Tell the JR truth. Jr.
2: is – I think it's a miracle he lasted in the league as long as he did with all the shit that he did during his time. Off the court – on the court, Reputation not being shifts. a good teammate, not being a selfish player. Not, like, not It's a miracle J.R. Smith lasted as long and won a championship with the B- bubble Lakers. It's a miracle. Based off he, the memes, really. Yeah, play another. And where's J.R.? Where's J.R. from, Quadi? Stop it, Jersey. Jersey. <laughs> Jersey. <Straight laughs> you talking so much
0: negativity, and I'm still going to rep him. I don't care. J.R. Smith, stop
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a miracle that Jr. lasted as long as he did. It's great that he is, you know, he's always been a, a very good golfer. People didn't really know that, and now he's taking his talents to NCA and T, and you know, gotten his education. But Jr. Jr. was, I mean, honestly, Sherrod, as you know, Jr. was one of the reasons why the NBA didn't want dudes coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. Like he was one of the, he was one of those examples. He was wild N- when he came into the league. Guys like Gerald Green. Dudes that just were not meant that physically were ready, physically had the potential and the skills. Jr. had the potential and the skills because we covered him in his early days in Denver, you know, and all the way through his up and down career. I've seen him as a rookie. Jr. JR to me is fortunate. He played in the league, not because his skills, it was always just mental and Mm -hmm. off the floor and, and, and and just the whole thing with LeBron forgetting, forgetting the score of a, a NBA finals game. I mean, game one, that yeah. key critical game one in 2018, where the, yeah, like, did you not see the, the basket fool? Like where yeah. um, the, the game one, where if the, if, if the Cavs can steal that game, then it's a whole different series. And they lost that game in overtime, and it, the series was never the same. So I applaud JR for what he's done. But JR was not a dude at the end in the bubble who was, if you look at his numbers, he was not coming off the bench helping the Lakers. He was at the end of the bench. Like, they signed him and another Sherrod f- favorite. Guess who they, remember who they signed on that team, Sherrod? No. <laughs> Your friend of mine, Mr. Deion Wade. Your guy. Nope. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. And <laughs> where did Deion play college ball? So they signed both of those guys and neither of them helped out. And JR was at the end of the bench for the Bubble Lakers, right? And Taylor Horton Tucker was getting the play in time. So I think JR would what, what I had if if I was a GM taking a, a chance on him, um, as like a maybe a, a three coming off the bench hitting threes maybe, but I think the the book was out not a, not still not all that there as a great teammate still not all that there as just a, a real student of the game and why take a chance when there's dudes who are half his age or, you know ten years younger yeah. who will give you less give you less drama. That's not For
1: a stretch. I mean, I mean, the 18, 19-year-old kids is coming to the league. JR is yeah. 36, so yeah.
2: And then in terms of Jamal, I don't know what happened in that stop in Phoenix, but something happened in Phoenix to where the rest of the league, something happened to where his reputation taken, people didn't want to take a chance. I don't know what happened in Phoenix, that last stop. What's I think, going on I still, think, I, still think, I still think he can drop buckets. I still think that he's got talent. I still think that he could give you, give you some, some real work, but you know, one 42 year olds don't generally are playing in the league anymore. And two, I think something happened during that last stop, whether it was like he wanted to play more and didn't wasn't a good, I don't know what happened in that last stop in Phoenix. And I said, um, Joe Johnson is like Sherrod said, great three on three half court player. But is he gonna play D? Can he can he play in up-tempo style? He can give you buckets, but there's dudes at the Y that can give you buckets. But can they play D? Can they play it up tempo? Can you guard an open floor, open court? Can you can you do what it takes to be a complete NBA player? And people would rather have a young guy. And this is a league, and I think Shira would agree. I think you agree quite. Like the old old players are getting pushed out. It's just the way it is. Teams would rather invest. I remember playing in the league, not playing the league, covering the league, and with guys like Tyrone Corbin and like dudes that were just like old heads, Elvin Campbell, uh, your guy, Antoine Carr, the big dog, the original big dog, Antoine Carr, like dudes that were like. Grown ass men at the end of the the crazy
1: ass glasses in Utah.
2: Yeah, (laughs) like that. You would look at the end of the bench. It was a grown ass fools on the and and like it was not no youngsters.
0: Yeah,
2: or the youngsters was like the dude out of high school that that you know Darrell Wright or things like that. Like Amir Johnson. Yeah, we gonna see what we gonna (laughs) see what he does. But this dude ain't got long leash at all. It was old heads, but those guys have been pushed out of the league okay, the 35, the 36-year-olds, the guys who know how to play, who are total professionals. Those guys, that's what I think the Celtics need, but those guys get pushed out the league and get replaced by these youngsters, the dudes from the G League, the G League Ignite, the G League D Ignite, whatever, The, the, you know, all these overseas. They get replaced by younger guys with less, who make less money and sometimes have less drama. Some of these dudes, like Isaiah, I don't think has been blackballed, I think Isaiah, somewhat to me, his problem is he's too talkative on social media. Don't tell everybody your business. Oh, I tried out for this team. They didn't want me. Like, Isaiah, keep people around the league don't like that. They don't like when you go in all mad public with all your travails and, and ups and downs in terms of like, you know, oh, I tried out for this team. Oh, this team wouldn't even give me a look. Like, people don't like that because you're making them look bad like well, that's part of I who he
1: is though Gary
2: he, that is part he, of who he is but sometimes when you get older you gotta you gotta mature you gotta do what you gotta do to stay in a damn league this league is not when you get over 30 unless you're Kobe and LeBron and D and you can call your own shots and you can leave when the game when you want the league is going to push you out eventually there are 30 plus year old players waiting for a phone call, right now they're not going to get a phone call, right? Either they retire, or they go overseas, or they go to China. Sharad's favorite place. So, <laughs> China, China, baby. <laughs> I'm all about the CBA, baby. <laughs> Sherrod loves the Chinese basketball. So <laughs> but the Shout league... 30-20, and 20, baby. The league will push you out. So you have to basically, you can't be AI, you can't be these guys who talk too much. You're too much of a hassle and you don't bring enough game. If you are, that, what's happening with James Harden? Not enough, like, people are going to start questioning. Or Kyrie, do you have enough game for all this drama? Do you? Kevin Durant does still, but do you have enough game for all the drama you bring to the table? Mm. So I think some of these guys have to adjust and I think, I don't think they're all being blackballed. I don't think like there's owners around the league. Okay, guys, all the 29 owners, let's not sign these four guys. Ready, break. Sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, no, but I think with various issues and stories, I think Jr. was on his last leg when he was with the Lakers. Isaiah can play a backup role. And I think Isaiah will get a job. I think something happened in Phoenix with Jamal. And I think Joe Johnson's a great half court player now but all of what encompasses the play, the three position in the league. I don't know if he has that much left.
0: Yeah. Mic drop. There we go. The thoughts are in the books. Anything coming up for you too in your other lives outside of this podcast? Something so weird.
1: This is all I live for, Kwani, is the sure, podcast. That's the right this
0: answer. Is, that's the right this, answer. This is
1: what it's all about. Uh having you two and great partners oh like gosh. Indeed and Bet Online.
2: Yes, use those promo uh, codes.
1: The it's the best. <laughs> it's the best. What about you, Gary? Uh
2: just looking forward three weeks pretty much for the start of training camp and looking forward to what the Celtics do over the next few weeks. We'll be following that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, it's just a good sports time right now. College football's kicking off, the NFL kicking off this Sunday. Um NBA. Yeah, I mean, this is, we're going to get the rare time like, you know, September, October all, all... Every sport. Every sport's going on, and so I'm looking forward to it. It, it should be fun. And basketball will be here before you know it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I'm enjoying college football so far. It's been a good good start for some programs,
0: at least. Not all, but... Yeah, some. I am not enjoying college football, for the record.
2: <laughs> all of a sudden, you like, Rutgers? BC, BC was up 21 to 12 and I'm like, oh, they got this in the bag. <laughs> they, got- <laughs> they got this on lock with Rutgers, and all of a sudden they lost. I'm what like, makes I it worse lose. is
0: that, one, obviously I'm from New Jersey, but two, my youngest brother goes to Rutgers. So oh, yeah. it's just disrespectful. That's two L's for quantity this week. We don't like it. We don't like it. Dragon rights. Better, but I still love y'all. Don't do that. So yeah, get out of here with that, Syracuse. <laughs> oh, we won. We won. Anyway, we'll see how the ACC pans out in the end, Sherrod, and we'll go from there. Well,
1: Hope <laughs> play hard. I hear you, Kwani.
0: Well, it looks like this is a wrap on this episode of the A-List Podcast. Again, make sure you use those promo codes for CLNS50. That's on BetOnline.ag. And, of course, Indeed.com slash A-List if you're looking to post for your job. For A-Sharrod Blakely and Gary Washburn, I'm Kwani Lunas. This is the A-List Podcast. We'll be back next week.